0: This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Ooh. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. And we're back with another edition of The Lake Effect. I'm your host, Chandler Adams. And today we're here to cover your dog pound. I know it's been quite some time since I've done a Browns episode, but I want to thank you guys for hanging in there. Um I know that the Browns are the hot commodity in Cleveland right now, but You know, we've got the Cavs with the draft and hopefully having some exciting young players and we've got the Indians looking like they're coming alive and you know we don't have two of our best pitchers in yet, so it's there's a lot of good things happening in Cleveland. But obviously I know what the hot button is and it's the Cleveland Browns. I am very happy to be back doing another Browns episode and I want to jump right into it. I want to talk about why I think Baker is going to make that jump. You might already think, what, what jump does he have to make? He he has the rookie passing touchdown record, Chandler. He was awesome. I agree. He was awesome. And you're right. He does have the rookie passing touchdown record. But that's not enough. And I, I, for the record, before I go into this spiel... I 100% think he's going to make the jump. Like I said, why I think he'll make it. But I'm just going to talk the facts and stats on what he needs to do and why he's not at the level he is yet. Or why the level he's at right now is not good enough. You know, the Browns are, by the media and even Vegas Superbooks, sportsbooks, we're Super Bowl contenders. Now, are we the favorites to win the Super Bowl? No, and we shouldn't be. Does that mean we can't? Absolutely not. We can win the Super Bowl. Anybody can win the Super Bowl. The Eagles came out of nowhere and won. The Rams came out of nowhere and got there. It's not impossible. But it starts with Baker making that jump. And there are other things that have to factor in. You know, last year we had one of the worst defenses in the NFL. And we didn't have an all-star. We didn't have an all-pro offensive player outside of our line. And now we have OBJ. We added defensive pieces. It's We've added a great defensive coordinator. Things are coming into place, but it all starts with number six. And he's dangerous. <laughs> I, I was looking, I was thinking, you know, what are some of the best rookie quarterback seasons we've seen i don't count patrick mahomes he was a sophomore so you go to russell wilson that's the latest one outside of baker and on 400 attempts russell wilson was 64 percent completion and baker on 500 attempts was 64 complete completion percentage very similar and i've said this quite often I, I i think they resemble each other and the fact that you know they're both around the same height they're both they're two they're the two most accurate deep ball throwers as of last season one and two russell being the, the most accurate but uh you look at their rookie rookie numbers and it's like wow they're they're very similar that's that's good but then i was like well Russell Wilson was in a better situation, and so you look at it, and he had he had an established head coach, and he didn't have head coaching changes in midseason. He had one of the best defenses in NFL history, Legion of Boom. It's, and they just so you go to Baker. He had one of the worst defenses in the league. I think we were ranked 30th. He had two different head coaches, one being Hugh Jackson, who was just atrocious. So you had head coaching changing. So you don't have stability. You, you didn't even start off the year as your starter. Your head coach After your pick number one was instantly like, this guy's not starting. Uh, That's not how you do it. If they're not ready like a Deshaun Kaiser, you don't start him, even though he did. If they're a Baker Mayfield who's 23, he's ready. He has all the moxie to lead a team and the confidence. You put him in. That's besides the point. I'll get upset if I start talking about that. And he had the weight of the, I'm the number one pick. Of the worst franchise in the NFL. Russell Wilson didn't have that weight on him. And for the record, I'm not trying to say Baker Mayfield's better than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a special talent. But I think Baker can be as good as Russell Wilson. I don't think that's crazy to say. And I think in three, four years, Baker will be better and it won't even be a choice. It'll just be like instant reaction. Like, yeah, Baker's better. Because I think in four years, it's going to be Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes, possibly Kyler Murray. And then, you know, you'll have Andrew Luck, who's going to be aging. Um, I think he's a good quarterback, but... You can't play forever when you had a shoulder surgery like that. Like, that's going to come back and bite him. But you look at rookies last year, and Baker Mayfield was by far the highest passer rating out of all of them. But then you look at the whole NFL, and he was 19th in passer rating. That's the highest by a rookie since 1950. 50. 1950. Yeah. That's 69 years. That's impressive. And that should get you amped up. You know, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, Drew Brees, said, and I quote, I think he can be a lot better than me. That should not be slighted. That is immensely awesome to have one of the best quarterbacks and NFL history say I think he can be a lot better than me the people the media when I say the people the media that just don't respect or buy into Baker and all that are one trying to get clicks Colin or two are just intimidated by the confidence he has I mean I know a lot of Buckeye fans that didn't like him while he was at Oklahoma. I, and I'm not just saying this because he's a Browns quarterback now, I loved when he planted that flag. My reason being is Ohio State was cocky the year before when they won down in Oklahoma. So why you just came in to the shoe and beat the number two team in the country Get excited, man. I loved it. I loved the energy he had. One of the biggest things he has to improve upon is his... I don't want to say his decision-making. Because I think part of decision-making is the his progressions. I sh- I'll just say this. His progressions. His ability to look through his progressions. You know, first... Second, third, fourth, is tremendous for a rookie. I've, I've never personally seen it better. And he got it better with it as the year went on, which is good. You know, he's not at his ceiling yet, but he needs to get better at making the smart play instead of trying to make this crazy good play. He is tremendously talented with his arm strength and accuracy and that sometimes leads him to trying to make a play that's just not the best available play Uh, you saw it many times last year he tried to throw it wing one over the middle of the field just zip it in there and you know you have duke or nick or ninjoku out or jarvis out on a flat could have got a nice four-yard play, but he's trying to make a 25-yard play. It's it's just little things like that, and he's a rookie on a team that was fighting for a playoff spot. It's hard sometimes to he, – he just wanted to win so bad, and they're going to be able to rein him back in. But I would much rather see a player trying to make that difficult throw, trusting in himself, and making it pretty often. He makes that throw a lot. His first ever throw was like that. His first ever completion as well. And uh, I'd rather see him try to make it and then fail instead of trying to throw a two-yard pass every time and never have The defense, be worried about what you can do, if that makes sense. But he was great against bad teams last year, which is good. And that's, it's underestimated a little bit. A lot of times players will play down to their competition. He didn't. He knew when he should win, and he went in and he dominated. That's important. But he was bad. Against playoff teams, not bad. He was a little below to just average. What I mean by that is, the three playoff teams, the five playoff teams we played, we went four and one, we went one and four against. The only win coming against the Ravens that we that was with Joe Flacco at the beginning of the season. So, a lot of things he can improve on. But the things, some of the things he can't improve on, he's already very, very good at. Like I said, the second-best deep ball thrower in the NFL last year, that's impressive as a rookie, especially for one who coming out of the draft was too small and not athletic enough and didn't have the arm strength. That's, that's laughable. And we saw last year Baker's ability to throw the slant route was unmatched in the NFL, he was one of the best. And it just so happens we got this guy from New York, some wide receiver, I think his name's Odell. He's uh he was the most efficient slant route runner in the past couple seasons. So that that marriage seems like it should work a little bit. And um it just so happens that this Odell guy is also one of the very best in deep ball wide receivers um it's almost like he's an all pro kind of wide receiver he um no but seriously Odell on the slant route with Baker Mayfield is going to be absolutely so fun to watch um Baker excels with yards after the catch guys you know and now he's going to have Njoku OBJ and Callaway for that and then on the you know you'll you can have Callaway and OBJ going deep. And then that leaves Ninjoku and Jarvis and Higgins to just feast on the middle where they're all great at. Higgins is a great possession receiver. Jarvis is a great possession receiver. Callaway is a great, going to be a great deep ball receiver, and OBJ already is. This offense is poised to set records. This offense is poised to be better than the Chiefs last year. I know that's a, that's a big if. But you gotta remember, we are gaining a key piece of that Chiefs offense come week nine in Kareem Hunt. He was a key piece in that offense. They didn't suck once he once he was off the team, but they definitely slowed down. You know, and I think Baker's up there with Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Patrick Mahomes was great last year, and yes, Patrick Mahomes can make crazy circus plays that Baker just doesn't make. But I think Baker's progressions are better. He's definitely not more athletic than Patrick Mahomes. He definitely doesn't have the arm strength of Patrick Mahomes, but he's up there. And it's going to take time, but I think Baker can be a 50-touchdown guy if he wanted to. Now the problem is we have Nick Chubb, who was a 1,000-yard rusher last year but then got tackled behind the line of scrimmage, so he wasn't. So we got guys to feed, and if Baker doesn't get 50 touchdowns, it's not a letdown of a season. What matters is wins. If he throws one touchdown a game and we win, so be it. But mark my words, Baker Mayfield will take that next jump. He's not going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this next coming year. But I think he'll be top 10 for sure. I think he'll be cracking the top five. You know, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson, if he can stay healthy and learns to pass the ball instead of trying to just hold on to it for that extra second. But Baker will be there. So that that kind of... um, Makes me that I'm going to go into the defense after that because the defense is going to play a vital part in this year's season. If we can't defend, we won't win games. That's just that's just how it goes. The Chiefs were kind of an anomaly and they could sack the quarterback, so they got away with some terrible defense. But if Baker Mayfield can be a 40 touchdown guy, I don't see how we don't get to the Super Bowl. And hear me out. Miles is going to be pushing 20 sacks this season. Call me crazy, but if he plays 16 games and is healthy, if he's not nursing an injury trying to play, he's going to be pushing 20 sacks. Reason being, he's never had a defensive end as great as Olivier Vernon to play with. He hasn't. He's never had two defensive tackles as good as Larry and Sheldon, at the same time. If all four of those guys can stay relatively healthy and Garrett is healthy the whole season, he's going to be pushing 20 plus sacks. He's going to play the Bengals twice. Uh, he's he, we're going to play the Cardinals. We play the it we play the Jets. It, it's just lining up with bad offensive lines, saying Miles Garrett, please get 20 sacks and get six of them against us. That's the Bengals calling. Olivier Vernon. So I have Garrett pushing 20 sacks. I uh, that's what I'm. I wrote it down. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's what I believe. You're gonna have Vernon. I think he's gonna have 10 plus sacks. I don't think. I don't think. The media especially, but even some fans, are understanding how elite Olivier Vernon is. When he's on the field, he's a force. And he's not injury prone. The past two seasons, he's nursed injuries. But if you're playing for the Giants, why would you not nurse your injury? Why would you go out there and try to risk it? So, and he's only played against left tackles his entire career and he's gone up against the beast of the NFC East over there the Trent Williams no sorry Williams and Brown and Peters like those are three hall of fame potential left tackles and now he's going to be going up against what would have been Jonah Williams but now Bobby Hart you know, And that leads that's the other reason that I think Garrett will be pushing 20-plus sacks. I think he's going to play half the season on the left end, which is not so much anymore, but throughout history has been the easier defensive end position to play because you're going up against a right tackle who usually isn't as elite of a pass blocker as a left tackle. It's starting to change. But Vernon and Garrett, I'm going to say, have 30 sacks combined. If they can both stay relatively healthy, I think Richardson and Larry are going to have ten combined. um They're not going to be sack monsters. Um, I think Richardson's going to try to come out and prove himself because he's never had a consistently um good season. He's up and down the whole year, and I think Larry's going to be healthier. Um, a big key to those guys is going to be can they come off the field? Will they have subs? And, you know, the defensive tackles we had last year and then guys like Chad Thomas who are, you know, a couple pizzas away from being a defensive tackle, I think they'll play better. You know, there, there were some people that were freaking out that we didn't have defensive tackle depth. And it was disheartening in the draft when we didn't go after it. But who's to say that our defensive line subs won't get better when we have four elite guys up front? It's going to push them harder. It's going to just make them better. Picking their brains, Garrett will play defensive tackle some, and you'll have Avery or Zettel or Davis come off the end. It, you got the four starters, and then you have Zettel. you have Jannard, you have Chris Davis, you have Carl, you have Chris Smith, you have Carl Davis. You have you hope Chad Thomas can come some come become something. You hope Trayvon Cooley can take a step. You have numbers. It's just can they act on it? And with our defensive line being as stout as it's going to be, our linebackers are going to be a force. They're going to be. They're going to feast on offenses. You know, we have. Three linebackers that were edge players in college: Gennard Avery, Sione Takitaki, and your boy Joe Schober, All defensive, all played edge. Some in college. Um. So they'll be able to blitz. You you know you'll be able to have three of our four main linebackers because I I wouldn't blitz Kirksey. I just not with those three guys, and Kirksey's fairly. Good in coverage. And I think Kirk's that's the lead. I think Kirk is gonna have a bounce back here. You know, under Greg Williams and his son Blake's, who was Blake, who was the linebacker coach regime, Kirksey fell off. He didn't play his best. But when he's on the field, he's a playmaker. Fumble recoveries, interceptions. You saw it in the Chargers game. You know, he's all over the field. He can make tackles. Kirk. Kirko and Schobert are going to have very good years, I, I believe. And uh, I think Taki Taki is going to come on very strong. And I think Jannard's going to play mostly defensive end. But I think he he's, um, you know, you see him working out on Instagram or whatever. And he's looking absolutely huge. And this is going to help Schobert's run defense a lot. I know people complain about his missed tackles and yada, 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 yada. It's hard to make every tackle when your defensive line lets literally every play by them. All right, man. Our defensive line was awful last year. I don't think people realize that. They just want to blame the linebackers because they're easier to see because they're not like in the scrum of getting blocked and stuff. But Joe Shobert is a good linebacker, and he's gonna be even better when he has a defensive line in front of him. And I think Taki Taki, just being all over the place, being the freaking hammer he is, is going to be awesome for this team. And then our defensive backs. I mean, Denzel Ward had one of the best rookie years for a defensive back that we've ever seen. Um, You know, with Steve Wilks teaching him how to tackle instead of Greg Williams, who's just Greg Williams is a bad defensive coordinator. And I understand why people wanted him as the head coach. He's a rah-rah guy. But those rah-rah guys lose their teams. Pete Carroll is a rah-rah guy. And his team started to get tired of him, so they broke up the Legion of Doom. Freddie Kitchens isn't a rah-rah guy. He's the type of guy that says, I don't give a fuck about pumping you up. If you're not pumped up to play, then you shouldn't be here. You saw when Gerald McCoy decided not to come, he goes... I I mean, yeah, it sucks he's not here, but I wish the best for him. And we're going to be just fine without him. If We told him, if you don't want to be here, then we don't want you here. And that's not a mean thing. It's just we want everyone to be 100% in. And that's what Freddie is. And that's why Greg, he was hired over Greg. But anyway, got off topic there. Steve Wilkes is a great defensive coordinator. You know, that Carolina team doesn't get to the Super Bowl without Steve Wilkes' defense. Patrick Peterson was having had one of the best seasons of his career last year under Steve Wilkes. And the biggest thing about Steve Wilkes is he adapts to what he has. What I mean by that is, in Carolina, he played three linebackers the most in the NFL because he had three good linebackers, three great linebackers. In Arizona, they only had two good linebackers, and they had five good defensive backs, so he played five defensive backs the most in the NFL. So he adjusts to what he has. He knows Greedy's a man corner. Is he still going to make him play zone? Yes, you can't be a one-trick pony and be a good NFL player, but he's going to take advantage of that. He knows. And I don't know this. I haven't talked to Steve Wilkes, obviously, but I know this for a fact. He knows Denzel and Greedy are two of the better man corners in the NFL. He's not going to piss away their careers by playing a zone coverage the entire time. So we need to relax on that. Steve Wilkes is a great. Defensive coordinator. And he's going to help guys like Miles Garrett. You know, he's coached the Julius Peppers before. He knows how to make a Miles Garrett. He's coached Patrick Peterson. He's going to be able to help Denzel and Greedy. And that's what leads me to talking about Denzel and Greedy. Is don't be surprised when Greedy doesn't start the year. And I know people, have, I know you've already heard this. Don't be surprised when Greedy doesn't come off the year. I mean, come out super hot. It's going to take a minute. He's young. He's still... You know, he's still slender. But expect Denzel Ward to come out hot and pissed off that he didn't get to play as much as he wanted to last year. We saw the very first game of the year last year, Denzel Ward come out and put on a show against Juju and A.B. It's not going to get much harder. His life's only easier right now. You know, he's not going to guard A.J. Green. So he's going to have Tyler Boyd at best, who's a good receiver, but that'll be who he's guarding most of the time against the Bengals. He's gonna have Marquise Brown, the Ravens, who's fast, but oh hey oh, Denzel Ward's just as fast. He's gonna have Juju or James Washington, um both not nearly as good as A B. He's going to have an easier life. And then the linebackers and the defensive tackles in front of him are only improving, which is going to make it easier. Like quarterbacks, not going to have a lot of time with Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, and Sheldon Richardson, and Larry Ogunjobi rushing them. And you know these linebackers are going to have an easy time coverage covering too because of that. And this whole defense as a whole, there's not this whole defense as a whole. There's not a hole. There's not a soft spot in this defense, in my opinion. Do they need more depth in places? Yes. But you look at the starting roster, and it's one of the better ones in the NFL. And this defense is going to be one of the key pieces to Baker Mayfield being better. You know, can they keep... Defenses, can they get offenses off the field quick so Baker Mayfield's going against the defenses a lot? And the defense don't get a rest because Baker's not going to get tired running up and doing no huddles. You know, he doesn't have a very physically exhausting job. He's the quarterback, it's mentally exhausting, yes. But if this defense can get three and outs, can get interceptions, all that jazz, and then also have that bend don't break mentality not the bend don't break greg williams where he lets you get into the red zone and then stops you but that if we do get scored on we get pissed off we come back and we punch them in the mouth and i think they're gonna have that i think miles garrett's gonna be a contender for mvp he obviously won't win it because they refuse to give it to defensive players because aaron donald should have won last year and the year before uh, it's just like LeBron James not winning MVP every year. It's beyond me. But, you know, tweet me, text me, call me out. Let me know. I want to know what you guys think about this Browns defense. Um, what I said about Baker. What I said about these specific players or positions. You know, do you agree? Do you disagree? But we're going to go into... I'm I'm starting to try to add segments into this show. So... We're going to do start doing a couple different segments. I'm going to see how you guys like them, uh, what, what, what you do like, what you don't like, what I should add, what I should take away, and all that good stuff. So this first one we're going to try out is stat of the day. And I'm stealing a little bit from the Dan Patrick show. You know I like how they do it, but I'm going to make it a little different. When I do a stat of the day, which will just be a stat of the show, I'm not going to do a daily podcast. I just don't have the time. You guys text me back or tweet me or Facebook message me, Instagram. Tell me. Tell me why you're listening right now. Get your phone ready. Once I say the stat of the day, you guys tell me that stat. And you guys will automatically always be get five entries into the giveaway. The next giveaway we do on Twitter, which we're close to one now because we're almost at 2,000 followers. And that'll instantly get you five entries in. Each time. They keep adding up. So you give me five stat of the days, you got 25 entries. So without further ado, let's start our first stat of the day, shall we? You gotta give it! We won! Stat of the day. In the month of June, Jose Ramirez started to find his groove. And he had only five strikeouts in the entire month. That's the stat of the day. Jose Ramirez had 5 strikeouts in the month of June. That I, I mean you can tell he's finding his stride. He's been hitting very well lately. Um he had two homers last night against the Royals. It's just it's nice his average is never his average is not going to go up that high. So don't look at his average as how he's been hitting lately. But he's been making contact with the ball year-round, like I've been saying. And it's just a matter of time before yeah, this all-star break is going to be great for him. Going out with a positive mindset, like, I've been hitting well. I'm not going to be dwelling on it. All that kind of stuff. It's it's nice. Um, but, yeah, that's the, that's the stat of the day presented to you by the Lake Effect. <laughs> um. I think I'm going to end the show there. Uh, I had another segment I wanted to do, but I want to add that in another time. I don't want to do two segments back to back. But if you guys enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review, tell others about it, share it on Twitter, Facebook. Gets if everyone gets one more person to listen, that would help me out so much. Just try to get your buddy to listen. If they're a Cleveland fan, it would help so much. Thank you all for listening.